First Timothy five twenty one. I really want you to listen today, speaking on something that I've that I've never spoke on before, never talked about it before. Actually, it's a subject that a lot of people shy away from. Certainly, a subject that that preachers are certainly shy away from. Um, but I think it's something we need to talk about. Feel impressed of the Spirit to talk about it. First Timothy five twenty one. I charge you before God. Now this is the Apostle Paul, unctioned by the Holy Spirit, speaking to Timothy, a younger minister. He says, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without what? Without what? What is let's let's read it up here in the New King James. Without what? Without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. Now, we've talked about, you know, we need to treat everybody the same. We've, we've said things about that over the years. But I want to talk to you today about prejudice. 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 Do all things or observe these things without prejudice. Doing nothing with partiality. Titling this message prejudice. Now, what is prejudice? Well, Much we could say, just a few definitions of it, it's an unfair feeling of dislike for a person or for a group of people because of race, sex, religion, etc. An unfair feeling of dislike for a person or group because of race, their skin color. Are they male or are they female? Religion, what, you know... Etc. Uh, prejudice is a preconceived opinion that is not based on reason or actual experience or fact. A preconceived opinion that's not based on reason or actual experience or fact. Just the word itself, prejudice, if you break it down, prejudge. Prejudge. To make a judgment about someone prior to knowing anything about that person. That's what prejudice is. Prejudge something. To judge something before you know anything about it. To judge somebody before you know anything about them. Prejudice, it means this also. To assume someone is a certain way solely based on their appearance. Or based on the way others who look similar to them act. Or based on... The geographical region they come from. Again, prejudice is to assume someone is a certain way solely based on their appearance or based on the way others who look similar to them act or based on the region that they come from. I'm teaching this message today due to the recent upheaval in Ferguson. How many of you have heard about what has been going on in Ferguson? And you need to realize the root cause of all the turmoil there is prejudice. Realize, say prejudice. prejudice. Now you can say much about what's been going on there, but when you strip everything else away and you go to the root of it, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. He goes to the root of things, if you've ever noticed that. He doesn't work from the outside in. He works from the inside out. He goes to the root of it. And the root of that turmoil there is prejudice. Prejudice is a very nasty thing. 
and is something every human being, that would be you and me, is something every human being has to deal with almost every day in some way, shape, form, or fashion. We all deal with this every day. We see somebody and we think, well, we make judgments. At least it goes through your mind if you're human. Something we deal with. Because somebody looks a certain way. Because they wear their hair a certain way. Because they dress a certain way or they don't dress a certain way. Because they have an accent or they don't have an accent. We deal with this. To show prejudice is one of the highest manifestations of pride that there is. Because you're saying you are superior to that person in some way. If you are prejudiced, you feel like you're, you're better than that person that you're looking at. Now, in the United States, perhaps the prejudice that is most prevalent is based on race or skin color. But you need to realize, as I've said, prejudice can also be based on gender, hair length, weight, geographical location. But in the United States, I would say that the number one prejudice that is dealt with is based on race or skin color. But we need to realize that there really is only one race. Realize, say one race. Say the human race. The human race. Now look at Acts 17.26, if you would. Acts 17.26. Acts 17.26 says, And he, that is God, has made from one blood, from one blood, every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. He has made from, notice, one blood, every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. Do you know that there are some people who are so bigoted, you know what I mean when I say bigoted, they're, they're abundantly prejudiced, I guess you could say, that, that they would rather die than accept a blood transfusion from somebody whose skin color was different than their own. Did you get what I just said? I said there's some people that would rather die than get a blood transfusion from someone that was a different skin color than their own. Isn't that sad? See, when it comes to blood transfusions, we shouldn't be concerned about skin color. We should be concerned about blood type. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's important, right? You want to be sure that whosoever blood you're getting, that it's the same type, you know, A or A positive or whatever the different things are, you know, not what their skin color was. Because the last time I looked, all blood is what color? It's all red that, I, that I've seen. Is that right? Now, is that right? Oh, blasted, my computer went out on me. But isn't it good that I'm always prepared? <laughs> Say one blood. Yeah, one blood. Now, uh, now, I thank God for Martin Luther King. How many of you are thankful for him and the... Good work that he did years ago, and and he he did much 
good. I'm so thankful for him. A wonderful man. You need to realize, though, that some of the quote-unquote leaders of today are very prejudiced, and they go around stirring up prejudice among people. Did you hear what I just said? Did you know some of these quote-unquote leaders make their living because of prejudice, and they go around stirring up the pot? You know what I mean? Because that's how they make their living. They, they don't want peace. They want turmoil. They want that stuff because that's what keeps them going. Did you hear what I just said? And a lot of those people, I'm not saying all of them, but so many of them. See, I believe Martin Luther King really wanted peace. But some of these other people, and I'm not calling any names, but some of these other people, they don't want peace. They, they say they do, but that's not what they want. And when they get done talking, things are more in turmoil than before they showed up. Now, am I right? You know I'm right. And they're actually, when you get right down to it, more prejudiced than most of the people that are in the crowd. But the Bible tells us that God is not prejudiced, nor shows partiality. Notice Romans 2, verse 11. Romans 2, verse 11. In the New King James Version, the Bible says there is no partiality with God. In the King James Version, it says that there is no respect of persons with God. Isn't it good to know that God is not prejudiced? He's not partial. Now, when I say that, I want you to listen to a couple of things, because when I say that, that God is no respecter of persons, read that right out of the Bible, people oftentimes bring up Cain and Abel, and they'll go back to the book of Genesis, and they'll read to me, and they'll say, well, God had respect to Abel's offering, but not to Cain's. But pastor, you just said God's no respecter of persons, but then you said that he, you know, the Bible says, and the Bible does say he had respect to Abel's offering, but not to Cain's. You need to realize it had nothing to do with the person of Cain or Abel themselves. You need to realize that. It had nothing to do with their skin color because they were, they were brothers. Their skin color was basically the same. You understand that? It had nothing to do with that. It had to do with the fact that Abel brought his to God by faith and Cain didn't. See, God is no respecter of persons. He is a respecter of faith. He is a respecter of faithfulness. You see, Abel brought the first and the best to God, whereas Cain just brought God his junk. Do you understand that? Uh, so to speak. And so what you need to realize is that God is no respecter of persons. And what God told Cain, he said, hey, I'll put it in my own words. There's no reason for you to be upset. If you do what's right, I'll accept your offering. See, it had nothing to do with his skin color or anything like that. It had to do with, 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 with faith, you see. But a lot of times people will cite that and they'll say, well, God is a respecter of persons. No, he's not. He is a respecter of faith, though. And then something else that uh, uh, people will bring up is that if you go and you look into the Bible, uh, God told his people not to intermarry. You know what I mean by that? Not to intermarry or, you know, marry uh, uh, people like he told, told, told the, the fellows, don't marry women from other nations. And then right away, if you don't study into that, you'll think it has to do with skin color. You see, God doesn't look at skin color, but he does look at heart color. The Bible says that man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. 
at the inside of the heart. And so when he told his people not to intermarry, it had nothing to do with skin color. But what he told them, and if you read it, he, he said very clearly, he said, if you intermarry and you marry these women from these other nations who serve false gods, who serve gods uh, other than me, what they're going to do is they're going to draw your heart away from me is what God was telling them. Had nothing to do with their skin color. And, and the thing of it is, is that if you look at Solomon, God warned him that, of that. Now, here's the wisest man that ever lived next to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Solomon did intermarry. And what happened? Uh, in the end, his heart was drawn away from God after these other gods. Is that right? But it had nothing to do with skin color. And the same thing is true today. God tells us not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Is that right? See, see, a, a, a saved girl should never date, much less marry a sinner. Is that right? Somebody's not born again. Is that correct? It has nothing to do with the skin color. It has to do with their spiritual condition. Is that correct? In fact, and this is something a lot of people don't realize, but Moses, how many of you remember Moses? Do a little study into his wife, Zephorah. She was unquestionably, in my mind, from my study of it, she was black. She was an Ethiopian. She was, she was black. Her skin was black. And God had no problems with that. But it's interesting, in Moses' life, God had no problems with him marrying a, 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 a black lady. But Moses' sister, Miriam... And brother Aaron evidently did have a problem with it because they uh, they chided Moses about it. And they were upset with Moses about marrying that woman. Now, they also had some other issues with Moses. They questioned his authority, but they did bring up, and you can study it out, they did bring up that they were upset with him because he married that woman. And the implication there is I have studied it out. Now, much could be said, but for the purposes of this message, it's clear to me that she was a black lady, and they didn't like that. It's interesting that, that after, just right, at, right after that, it's interesting, uh, God judged Miriam, and leprosy came on her, and God made the statements. He, he said, now, see, your skin is as, I believe he made the statement, or it's, it's, in the, it's in the description of it. Her skin was left as white as snow. It's interesting why he would bring out white as snow. Why? Because Zephora, Moses' wife, her skin was black. And Miriam didn't like it. So God brought, he judged her. Leprosy came on her and her skin was white as snow for seven days. And then Moses prayed, you know, and for seven days she was outside the camp and then God restored her. Isn't glad we can repent if we've been prejudiced and we can get back right with God. Can you say amen? So, well, what did God do to Aaron? Well, Aaron was a was high priest. He wore those garments. But, you know, uh, do you remember Aaron? Because if you look at Miriam and Aaron, just a little side journey, seems like when they'd mess up, seemed like God had zap, <laughs> judge Miriam, but Aaron always get off the hook. Until, but, but, but the reason that is is because Aaron was a high priest and he had those garments of the high priest and the covering. But one day God told Moses, take Aaron up because he, Aaron, remember Aaron told, he was in that golden calf deal. Is that right? How many remembers that? Don't you think that deserves some judgment there? But he goes on and on and it seems like God never judges him. 
Miriam messes up and whap, God judges her, but Aaron just goes right on. Until one day God said, take him up on the, on the Mount Or. And then he stripped him of those priestly garments. And when the anointing lifted off of him, he fell dead right on the spot. But that's another story for another time. We don't need to be prejudiced. Can anybody say amen? And Miriam and Aaron had a problem that Moses married a black lady, in my opinion. God didn't have any problem with it. My youngest son is married to a black lady. She comes to church every once in a while. I don't have no problem with it. Now, if you have a problem with it, you need to get right with God in that area. Is that right? Jesus was not prejudiced. Look at Matthew 22, verse 15. Matthew 22, verse 15, Amplified Bible, be on the screen. Then the Pharisees went and consulted and plotted together how they might entangle Jesus in his talk. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and you profess to be and that you profess to be and that you teach the way of God truthfully. Regard, now watch this. Regardless of consequences and being afraid of man. For you are what? What does it say up there? You are impartial and do not regard either the person or the position of anyone. Aren't you glad Jesus is that way? Not only is, is God the Father that way. Not only is Jesus... That way, but we ought to be that way too. Go to James 2 verse 9 in the Amplified. James 2 verse 9 in the Amplified. Says this, but if you show servile regard, what does that mean? Prejudice or favoritism? Now this is God talking to us here. James was a pastor. He was right to his church. This is God talking to us. He says, if you show prejudice or favoritism for people, you commit what? Sin. And are rebuked and convinced by the law as violators and offenders. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Look at, that's chapter 2, verse 9. Go up to verse 1. James 2, verse 1, again in the Amplified, says this. My brethren, pay no servile regard to people. What does that mean? Show no prejudice nor partiality. Show no what? No what? No prejudice. No partiality. Do not attempt to hold And practice the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, together with snobbery. For if a person comes into your congregation whose hands are adorned with gold rings and who is wearing splendid apparel and also a poor man in shabby clothes comes in and you pay special attention to the one who wears the splendid clothes and say to him, sit here in this preferable seat. While you tell the poor man, stand there or sit there on the floor at my feet. And you're not, he said, are you not discriminating among your own and becoming critics and judges with wrong motives? Now, he's not talking about skin color here. He's talking about uh, social, economic uh, position. Do you know that prejudice doesn't just occur with skin color, but it also occurs in many other areas, as we said. And what he's dealing with here is is finances. We should treat poor people just as good as we treat rich people. Is that right? Is that correct? See, prejudice doesn't just exist 
with skin color. Now that's perhaps the most prevalent area that we deal with it in. But like I said a while ago, you know, uh, uh, the way people wear their hair. I know I had a fellow come in here one day. I've told you the story before. It bears repetition right now. Many years ago, he came in, sat on the front row, and he had, uh, he had a spike mohawk. You know what I'm talking about? Now, now having a mohawk's one thing, but this baby was spiked mohawk. You know what I'm talking about? It started in the back. It came all the way up to the front. This bald on the sides, all the way up to front. And I guess these babies were about six inches up. Maybe more, maybe more, I don't know, but they went all the way up to the front. And, and where I'm not finished now, I mean, having a mohawk's one thing, having a spike mohawk is another, but these babies were, each one had a different color. It looked like he crashed into a snow cone stand on the way over to the church. And one of them was pink, one of them was red, one of them was blue, one of them was yellow, one of them was orange, you know what I'm saying? And, and I have to tell you, I came out that day, and, uh, uh, and, and, I, and when, I got up, when I got up to preach, and he's on the front row, I mean, you know, that will draw your attention. You know, and, and, and I'm just as human as anybody else. I'm, sitting, I'm standing there thinking, what in the world's going on here? And, you know, I had to deal with things going through my mind thinking about this guy. Huh? Prejudice. But we loved him and treated him just the way I feel Jesus would have treated him. And he came for some time. He didn't always wear the spiked mohawk, but. And we always loved him. And then, you know, he, he stopped coming for whatever reason over the years. And then, but one day, years go by, he sends us an email. I probably still have it in the files. And he said, Pastor Terry, he said, you know, I came to church there and uh, he said, you know, I, I look strange. He said, I know I look different. But he said, you always loved me just just like you loved everybody else. And he said that really blessed me. And he was I think he was serving the Lord in a, in a church somewhere. I think he had moved out of the area. I don't know, but I can't remember that. But you see, we're supposed to love everybody equal. Is that right? Is that right? Is that right? Is that right? At school, I know when I was in school, now back when I was in school, when I was in school, I don't know what they call it now. But back when I was in school, you had the, the, this is what they call the jocks and the nerds. Is that what they call it now? Do you all even know what I'm talking about? Huh? Now, the, the, the jocks, they were the, the athletic and the popular, you know, you know what I'm talking about? And then you had the nerds and they were kind of. Uh, what's how would you say that they you know they maybe stumble over stuff and they were like more bookworms and they you know what I mean maybe more quiet not in the popular group but you know it's real easy to become prejudiced one against the other is that right but I've watched this over the years and now because I have the advantage of, of uh, I'm 50 years old I look back at it. And, you know, some of the, 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 the people in high school, and I was in between. I was, a, I was half jock and half nerd. So I was a, a jerd. I don't know. I don't, what, how else could we say that? I don't know. I, huh? A jork? Yeah, I was a jork. No, that's a dork. Is it was dork? Do we still use that word? How many know? You understand? I, I had a little bit of both in me. Because I was a good athlete, but I, a pretty good athlete, but I was also pretty smart. So, I, you know, I had them both going on. Inner turmoil, conflict. 
But, you know, I've seen some of those, those, uh, those people in high school that were so most popular back in those days. To look at them now, oh, what happened? And then I look back at some of those people that were unpopular and nerdy. You look at them now, all these years later, and they've made a success of their life. And they, 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 you know what I'm talking about? So you don't, you know, you don't judge a book by its cover. Really, judging a book by its cover is a form of prejudice, isn't it? Because you haven't read the book yet. You don't even know what's in there. And you've already passed judgment on it. Is that right? So he tells us here that we shouldn't be judgmental or, or, or prejudiced as it pertains to, to how people come to church, what they wear, or if they got the gold rings on and this, that, or the other, you know. I, you know, and, and I'll just say it. I, the most fun preaching I have ever had in my life was when I preached over in Kinlock at Melvin Dunn's church, all black church. And I, went, I was invited to speak there one morning years ago. And, and uh, Diane and I, and, and our, we took our children with us, and we were the only white people in, in, in there was a, a church full of black folk. We were the only white people in the church. And I got, up to, I got up to teach. I had a nice message to teach that day. But there was nothing doing. They weren't going to let me teach. They wanted me to preach. And I hadn't had so much fun in all my life. I mean, I got to preaching, and the more I preached, the more they egged me on. And I tell you what, we were going just preaching up a storm, and then something happened. It never has happened before or since. They sent Fernando to the organ. Boom, 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 he started playing the organ while I'm preaching. And I got to go in and he's playing the organ. And I mean, we were having, you haven't had fun till you've preached. I mean, I love the black people. I love them. I love them. They're great. And I had a joke between me and Pastor Dunn. He, he was the pastor there and he said that the, he said that the, the he, he told me, he said, look, he said, see, people are afraid to talk about this stuff, but I'm not afraid. Because I'm not prejudiced. I'm not bigoted. I love, I love people of all skin colors. Can, do you? Yeah. And when you can't joke about some of this stuff, you're too stuffed, stuffed, stuffy shirt. Let's loosen up a little bit. But he'd always come to me. He said, Pat, he'd say, Terry, he said, you know, he said, he said to white people, he said, they're all going up first in the rapture. I looked at him and I said, why? He said, because the Bible said the dead in Christ arise first. Now, if you have a problem with that, you need to get over some stuff. You need to loosen up a little bit. Amen? And I mean, I was preaching there. You talk about jewelry. Those, they had some jewelry on, my goodness. And this one lady, she, I mean, she had this big old hat on. And while I'm preaching, she had this big old hat on. And I'm going, and Fernando's on the organ. And I'm just going, you know, we're, pre, we're having us a big time. And this lady, she's got this big hat on. Now, Diane says, I'm not telling the whole truth here, but I, I, I am telling the truth. I, so she was sitting right back behind Diane. And I saw she had that head, you know, that big feather on it. And I just was loving it. And I'm preaching. Fernando's boom, boom, booming on the organ. And I'm just going there, you know. And we're just having us a time. And I got so excited, I took my suit coat off. And I saw that lady's hat. And I said, I want to knock that hat right off her head. And I throw the hat right at her. And it's headed for that hat, baby. We're going to knock that hat off her head. And Diane, just as it gets to Diane, because I'm up on the stage. Diane stands up, grabs the hat, grabs the coat, pulls it down. And I said, why'd you ruin my fun? We could use some of that in this church. Because I found a lot of times white people just sit there and just look at you like the chosen frozen. But the black folk, they've got energy about them. I'm t- you know what I'm saying? But, you, but I had to learn over the years, you, you love everybody equal, amen? Come on, preach on. Get a little excited up in here now, come on. You know, yeah, yeah. 
hey, but that's good. And if you have a problem with that, you need to get free of some stuff. Amen. Can, can, can anybody say amen? amen? Yeah. All right. Are you doing okay? Did you know Peter was prejudiced based on religion? Did you know that? Peter, I'm talking to the Apostle Peter. Let me just show you this. Uh, turn to Acts 10, but listen to this. Peter was prejudiced based on religion. In the Old Testament, God divided humanity into two groups, the Jews and the Gentiles. God's intent was for the Jews to be a kingdom of priests... Servants ministering to the Gentile nations. Instead, for the most part, the Jews became proud of their status and despised the Gentiles. Isn't that sad? See, the Jews are God's chosen people. So right away people say, well, see, God's being prejudiced. He loves the Jews more than everybody. No, he chose them to bless the other nations. You understand that? Now, is there any prejudice as it pertains to religion? Oh, yeah, there is. Have the Jews been persecuted over the years? What's at the root of that? Prejudice. Is that right? You get right down to it. But Peter, he was a Jew. And he was, because uh, you see, the Jews thought since they were God's chosen people, they didn't realize that God had chosen them to bless the other nations. And so they thought they, they got prideful and haughty and they wouldn't associate with anybody from the other nations. And they thought they were better than everybody else. Most of them. And, and, and Peter was up on the housetop praying one day. How many remembers that? And, 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 and over, meanwhile, you had over at Cornelius's house, he was a Gentile, he was praying, and an angel appeared to him and said to him, send for Peter, he'll come and tell you what you must do. Well, Peter has this vision and he sees this sheet let down from heaven. Remember that? And there was all manner of, of animals out there. And a voice said to him from the Lord said, Peter, rise, kill and eat. How many remembers that? And Peter said, no, 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 Lord. No, no, no. He said, I've never eaten anything unclean, you know, because some of the animals were considered unclean. He said, I've never eaten anything unclean. And, and the voice said, no, rise, kill and eat happened three times. How many of you remember that? And in that vision, God was trying to get across to Peter that he shouldn't have this haughty attitude. Can anyone say amen? amen. He shouldn't have this haughty attitude and that the gospel was just as much for the Gentiles as it was for the Jews. How many remembers that? So Peter goes over to Cornelius's house. He begins to explain to Cornelius what had happened to him in this vision. And look at Acts 10:28. Look at this New King James Version. Notice six. This Acts 10:28. Then he said to them, because he's Peter's t explaining what happened in this vision and what God was trying to get across to him. Then he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. Now, that wasn't God's heart speaking there. That was all the other stuff that the Jews had added in that gotten into Peter. We got to be watchful because prejudice can get into any one of us. Is that right? Now, is that right or not? And, and, and so, see, he goes on. Look what he says. But God has shown me that I should not call any man. Say any man. Any man, any man common or unclean. Can you say amen to that? 
God had to show him that. And so he ministered the gospel to the Gentiles and they got born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. But do you know that Peter got in trouble for that? Not with God, but he got in trouble. Look at Acts 11 verse 2 in the Amplified Bible. Acts 11 verse 2. Shortly after this, Peter goes up to Jerusalem. And the circumcision party, who's that? Certain Jewish Christians. What did they find? What did they find? They found what? Say find fault. See, prejudiced people find fault. They found fault with him. Do you know there's some white people that would find fault with me going to preach in an all-black church? Isn't that sad? You know, there's some people would find fault with my daughter-in-law coming in here because she's black. I don't think there's any of you to find fault with that. But there's people in this world that go to church every Sunday that would find fault with that. Did you know that? Isn't that sad? Say that's sad. That's sad. They found fault with him. Then what did they do? Read it on the screen. Separating themselves from him in what kind of a spirit? In a hostile spirit. Opposing and disputing and contending with him. That's what prejudiced people do. Saying, why did you go to uncircumcised men and even eat with them? These people have a problem, don't they? And they call Peter on the carpet. These people have a problem. They're prejudiced. That's sad, isn't it? Now, you would think that Peter has gotten free of prejudice after having that vision from the Lord, wouldn't you? You think so? But if you go to Galatians chapter 2 verse 11, sometime later, you would think that Peter, see we got to be careful because if this can happen to Peter, this can happen to us. And he had a vision from the Lord and, and he went and preached to Cornelius' house and, and then he got in trouble for it. But nonetheless, he should know better by now. But look in Galatians 2 verse 11, New King James Version. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, Paul says, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated, separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. Isn't that sad? He's still having to deal with prejudice, isn't he? And if he's still having to deal with it, all of us are going to have to still deal with it and and be on guard for it. Watch out that it doesn't get into us and affect us in some way. And notice the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with played the what hypocrite with him so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, isn't that something Peter Barnabas, not acting straightforward with the truth of the gospel, you can read on, Paul rebuked them. They needed to be rebuked, didn't they? Now listen, I I, want to just finish this up. I'm almost done. But can you take about another five minutes? Talk about slavery. As I close. I I preach this purposely today at the direction of the Spirit of God with the young kids in here because they need to hear this as much as anybody. We all need to hear this. No matter how old we are, how young we are, we need to understand that prejudice is wrong, isn't it? I said, isn't it? 
Slavery, as seen in the United States prior to the Civil War, is condemned by God. Stealing a human being and then selling that human being is a sin worthy of death, as seen in the book of Exodus. Do I need to say that again, or did you get it? It should be noted that the Hebrews were in slavery in Egypt. Is that right? And God freed them at the hand of Moses. God is against slavery. Now, in the Bible, you can make argument that, that slavery is there, but not the way we saw it prior to the Civil War. A better way to say it is being someone's servant or bond servant. You see, in the Bible, slavery, and it's not slavery is not the right word, but servanthood or, or being someone's servant was not based on skin color, but rather on economics. A lot of times people get themselves in debt. And they'd go to somebody and they'd say, if you'll forgive my debts, I'll become your bond servant. It didn't have to do with slavery is not the right word, but being a bond servant had to do with economics, not with skin color. Did you hear me? Do you understand God condemns slavery? It's wrong. It was a, it's one of the most horrible abominations that's ever happened in the United States. Right there with abortion. Anybody say amen? And have you ever heard of Onesimus? He was, he was Philemon's runaway slave. But not in the sense of slavery like you see prior to the Civil War. But he was a servant of Philemon who was a well-to-do man there in a certain region. And Onesimus ran away. And Onesimus runs into Paul apparently in prison. And Onesimus got saved under Paul's ministry when Paul was in prison. And do you know what the Apostle Paul did? He wrote a letter to Philemon and he encouraged him to receive Onesimus as a brother in the Lord, not as a slave. And I realize it's getting a little late, but go to Ephesians 6, verse 5. You can see how... You see Ephesians 6, verse 5? You see that first word? The first word there in New King James says bondservant. You know what I say? Bondservant. Some translations put slave in there. And do you know back during the, the times of the Civil War, did you know preachers got in the pulpit and they translated the word bondservant as slave and they used the Bible? Listen to me. They used the Bible to promote slavery. Isn't that sad? Did you know you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say? Did you know that? And they used the Bible to promote slavery and that was a shame. And it was, it was sinful. It was wrong what preachers did a lot of preachers did back in that hour. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters. We could say it this, who are your bosses, your employers, those who are over you, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart as to Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as what? Bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he's slave or free. Don't, the word slave is not the best word, but whether he's a servant or whether he's not. It had to do with economics in the Bible, not with skin color. And you, masters, employers, people in authority, do the same things to them. What is he saying here? He's saying to walk in love, whether you're the boss or whether you're the employee, whether you're the, 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 the master or the servant, we need to walk in love. Say walk in love. 
See, walk in love toward one another. See, if people were walking in love back in the days prior to the Civil War, there would have never been any of that atrocity. Is that right? Is that correct? If people was walking in love, there'd never be wars. Is that right? Nobody'd be beaten or, or whipped or you, you understand that? How many understands that if walk in love? He told he told the masters. He said, well, "Do the same things to, the, to them, giving up. This, don't be threatening, knowing that your own master also in heaven has no partial. There's no partiality with him." Can you say amen? Just listen to this. Galatians three twenty eight. It'll be on the screen. There's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? And notice in heaven, this is such a powerful scripture, Revelation 5, 9. Look at this. They sang a new song. This is in the future. When we're in heaven, they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of just the white people. Did it say that? Just the black people. Did it say that? Just the Jews. Did it say that? No, it said out of, say this, say every tribe and tongue. And people and nation. Isn't that wonderful? In Revelation twenty two seventeen, last one, the spirit and the bride say, come and let him that heareth say, come and let him that is a thirst come and whosoever will let him come and take of the water of life freely. Did you get anything out of this today? Well, praise God. Uh, why don't you come and do the altar call? You can stand and then dismiss the people. We're going to have some refreshments out there. I hope you got what the Spirit was saying here today. We shouldn't be prejudiced. Is that right? No, prejudice. You can stand with me. Prejudice is just not good. How many of you know it's not good? It's just not good. We need to love everybody equal regardless of skin color. Does God look at skin color or does he look at heart color? Heart color. Okay, honey, go ahead.